Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Nat, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So, ladies, before we start, um, I wanted to kind of just, um, and I hate to say this is so unfortunate again, um, but to give just a quick moment of silence for Richard Brooks. Um, there was a public viewing held on Monday, June 22nd, and he was um, being laid to rest for a private funeral service on Tuesday, June 23rd. Um, so if we can give a few moments um, just um, of silence um, and may he rest in peace. All right, ladies, let's get to it. Yep. So today's episode, we are going to start off with our real world talks tea and Nat has our first topic for today. All right, you guys. So what's the best way to social distance on a vacation? Not go. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) depends on where you're going. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Okay. So I got not go and it depends on where you're going. Yep. So some hotels are thinking about offering guests the opportunity to be the only guest at the property. Um, I think that's a good alternative. So what are you guys thoughts on this? How large are the hotels? Are they small scale boutique hotels or are these hotels that have a room capacity of 300 or 400? I believe these are small scaled hotels. Okay. So it would just be like my family and the staff? Yes. Okay. I kind of like that. I, I think I could do that with a good deep cleaning, but that sounds good. I would say for me on a personal level, it sounds great. However, in terms of business for hospitality, it doesn't seem like a very good strategic plan in terms of revenue mm-hmm. because you have one family staying at a property where you could have multiple families staying in that property and generate revenue. Um, so I think from a personal perspective, I think it sounds great as far as me going and vacationing and staying at a property all on my own with my husband and having a great time. But from a strategic hospitality standpoint, it doesn't sound uh, too logical. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, they're thinking about having the individual room rates range from 429 to 449 per night and like $500 on the weekends on summer. Hmm. Hmm. I still don't think. Mm. I, I, now that I know the price, I don't think I would pay that price. Hmm. Honestly. I think it's too much. And Mm -hmm. I still think from a perspective of a hotel business owner, you're losing so much money um, for your property. So I, I now think I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. Okay. Kathy, have your, have your opinion changed since I gave you that little (laughs) bit of information? (laughs) No, because I'm selfish and you know how I am. Even though I agree with Lourdes about, yes, it does restrict or probably really kind of, um, it doesn't really maximize the amount of revenue that a hotel could generate, right? So then you're thinking, okay, how much staff and so forth and job opportunities. But if I take myself out of that for a second, right, um, 
an opportunity for me to pay, which that amount, it is high, but for a lot of hotels or luxury hotels, that's the average night. That's cheap. You know, don't come to Miami Beach on our Basel week. You know, I remember my hotel, our rates start at like around the 700s and up. So, and you know, that's for a hotel that has over 600 properties. Um, But I feel like in a selfish world, I wouldn't mind, you know, my family and I being the only ones there. Um, Now, what I think would be cool is if like, you know, how some uh, hotels, they have like individual bungalows, you know, it's kind of like, you have your own individual little unit and then there's space between yours and then the next unit. Right. So I feel like if the hotel was kind of having maybe that type um, and there's like, you know, I don't know, 10 or maybe 15 units, then they can still provide that privacy, individual VIP service, also kind of like safety reasons for distance from other guests. But at the same time, they could also maximize and, you know, get rubbing you in and so forth like that. Well, too, um, that would be like my perfect ideal situation. But, you know, me, I don't I like the kind of like just being just solo with my family, especially nowadays. We've discussed this whole vacation thing so much. And with now the cases soaring, I'm like, Mm-mm, I take it back. I can't go to Disney. My husband put me out there yesterday. He said, so you still want to go to Disney? I was like, no, I'm going to take a break from Mickey Mouse right now. So I don't know. Those are kind of my thoughts on it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nat? I honestly can tell you right now that I'm not sure if I would go considering the price. Mm-hmm. I do think it's um, great that I'll be the only one at the property. I think it's a little creepy too, but I will have some sense of <laughs> peace of mind, you know, how fast the, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a little creepy, a little creepy, just a little bit, just a little bit for me. <laughs> so I'm not sure. So right now I can say, I don't know, but I know room service will be on point. That's, that's for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, ladies, let's move on to the next topic. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. COVID 19. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 500 employees with Delta Airlines reportedly tested positive for COVID 19. Out of those 500, 10 of them died due to the virus. So now as a result of this, Delta plans to test all of its employees for the virus starting this week in Minneapolis, um, which will also expand to Atlanta, Detroit, and New York. Um, So ladies, what do you think about this? Do you think that Delta should have tested all of its employees prior to this happening? Uh, what are your thoughts? I feel that it was very irresponsible of them to now test their employers. I mean, employees. I felt like some of those precautions should have been done ahead of time. Maybe you wouldn't have as much employees with the coronavirus if they would have been tested or maybe taking their temperatures, maybe even having like little questionnaires Um, to see if they had any symptoms or anything like that. I felt like it should have been done ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I agree. Kathy? 
I'm at, I'm, I took a long pause because I can't get past number 500. Okay. I understand 10, 20, 30, 50, 500. Like, wow. And I just keep thinking, oh, these 500 employees, how many of them were actively flying or working and then having some type of interaction with the public, you know? So I feel like it's a little too late, even though I'm glad that now Delta is trying to rectify it and say, okay, let's make sure that we're testing. But I definitely feel that um, they should have tested just like when Natalie said, you know, from the beginning. Um, And I feel like this is something that a lot of employers should be really, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, um, of saying, I know it's a cost or, you know, maybe a little bit of an inconvenience to say, hey, you need to get tested. But um, especially now that we know that so many um, people that are carriers of it show no symptom, which is like the scariest part of it all. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, you think that you feel fine, um, but actually you can feel pretty much a hundred percent and then, or think it's allergies and be positive for COVID-19 and be like one of these super spreaders. So um, I think it's that I just was appalled about the number. I was like, Oh my gosh, 500. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I'm glad that at least now they are implementing that. And I hope that other airlines and companies really start thinking about this um, because yes, like I said, it, it can be costing an inconvenience, but it, it can definitely save lives. Like, I mean, just to say that people die like more than five, that's, that's still so crazy. Yeah, I agree. All right, Kat. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. So we're moving (laughs) on to our airline. I think today is our airline shout out, or I should say airport. Um, I saw something that was really interesting, and it touches right on this whole like testing and screening. So Los Angeles International Airport um, plans to start doing these passenger temperature screenings. Um, And it's really going to be focused on the international terminals. Um, and they're saying that passengers will be basically told by members if they have a fever of 100.4 or more um, that they should not travel. So they're not stopping them 100% from getting on the plane, but they are going to be having you know discussion with them on their symptoms, how they're feeling, and highly suggesting to the passenger that they probably should not board that plane and travel. Um, but they're also taking a little bit step further, and they're referring um, – those passengers to the staff from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, basically, if those temperatures registered that high and for them also um, to be aware of those passengers that are traveling. So, ladies, what do you guys think about this? What if the temperature is 102? Well, I guess so. Let me fly then and that won't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. Oh, no. Uh, but, but remember, it's 100.4. So I could be at the 99 and that screener will let me go by. It won't alert anything. It's 100.4. I know. I commend them for trying to, you know. <laughs> to. <laughs> Sorry. I commend them for trying to, um, you know, prevent more of the coronavirus spreading around or to prevent, you know, to protect other people as well, but I don't think it works, honestly, or it's a good idea in a sense. Okay, so I am so sorry. I think I misheard you. I thought you said 104. No, I, 100.4. Okay, because I was going to say, I think I would be 
in the hospital or dead at that particular point if I yes. had a hundred and four feet. <laughs> so right. So I misheard right. you. Okay. No, it's okay. It's a hundred point four, but even if you have a hundred and two, a hundred and one, ninety-nine, which you know, a lot of times they say, Oh, okay, you're about about that border, right? About really kind of going into the fever zone. They're not stopping you technically from flying unless you feel horrible, right? Like they will stop you, ask you questions, which we know that these questions, a lot of people probably, and I shouldn't say this, but it's true. They may not answer them truthfully, you know, because they need to get to their next destination. How about if they need to get back home or they're traveling for work or so forth, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it should be a little bit more than the whole, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to suggest that you don't fly. I feel like if the passengers, you know, if they have a high fever, then normally that means something, like you said, you know, it's, it's surprisingly you're able to function if you're really running these high fevers. Right. Um, but I feel like there should be, I'm glad that they're like, I feel just like Natalie too, where she says, I'm glad that they're taking these steps. But I feel like that conversation is like, okay, thanks. All right. I, I, I got to get going. <laughs> I got to be at my <laughs> gate soon. You know, like mm-hmm. what's next for that? You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it should be like kind of almost like the mask. You know, like, hey, if you, you know, don't want to wear a mask that you know that can protect yourself and others, then you know what? Then unfortunately, you may not be able to do this. You may not be able to dine in a restaurant. You may not be able to fly. I feel the same should be for a, a fever. It should be suggested that, you know what? You shouldn't be flying right now because guess what? That you could possibly have something and infect others. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, ladies. So. Moving on to the next one, and I felt like this one is very touching, um, especially with a lot of things that are going on today, you know, besides just the pandemic of the COVID-19. I feel like a lot of right now is going on with the injustice um, and definitely with the society trying to move forward for, you know, Black Lives Matters um, and taking in consideration, you know, yes, of um, making sure that we're providing equality for all. Um, I'm not sure if you guys, ladies, know about Mr. Bubba Wallace. Um, he is the only full-time African-American driver in NASCAR. And he did something that I thought was so commendable. Um, and I'm not sure if y'all ladies been to a NASCAR race, but I have. Okay, I have <laughs> a blast. However, you know, NASCAR for years, you know, has been, um, I don't want to say a stage, but it's the fans there, you know, they're diehard fans for those drivers, um, but they have been known to bring Confederate flags or just, you know, the American flag, but also the Confederate flags. So he took a little bit of a step further, especially after the last killings with George Floyd. Um, and he asked basically NASCAR to ban the Confederate flags um, from those events because of what those flags stood for. And I first said, man, that's a big step, you know, asking for that because, how many fans, this is just their display of kind of like voicing, you know, their opinion or voicing their culture or whatever they believe in. But surprisingly, or I shouldn't say surprisingly, I think it was actually astonishing and great. Two days later, after his request, his dream came true and NASCAR actually banded the Confederate flags from um, being brought onto their events, which I think it's wonderful. Um, so the reason why I share this, I say, is because, you know, thinking about how we're moving forward with just the health and safety and precautions for COVID-19. It's great to see something positive also being moved forward just for companies thinking, you know, for companies trying to move forward and thinking, we want to make sure that our community, 
our fans know that everyone is welcome, you know, and if something makes someone not feel welcome, we want to make sure that we abolish that. Um, and I thought that it was really cool because, you know, um, he was at a, uh, he was racing down in Alabama and it was a huge kind of some sad incident that happened prior to his race um, with something horrible that was kind of done in one of his garages. Um, but when he was done racing, he looked to his, um, to like the fans and he saw, you know, an African-American family that said, we came down from Atlanta to support you. And then he had all these other fans that had Black Lives Matter. So it really touched him on, you know, really what he was fighting for and his racer, his drivers were supporting as well too. So I wanted to share that because I feel like that is just so amazing to kind of see like the rainbow, almost like, almost like, I guess you talk about at the end of the tunnel that you see this bright light coming from something as well. So I wanted to share that with you ladies. And y'all need to go to a NASCAR race if you haven't been to one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go if you guys come with me. I will definitely take you. I had a blast. I had a blast. <laughs> so yeah, for you guys. I don't hear Lourdes. Lourdes, would you go? I'm going to take yeah. her with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> what well, is out in the open? So maybe. It is out in the open. Okay. Um. And yes, for our listeners out there, yes, I went to a NASCAR race. I, it was a very interesting story. Um, my cousin's job was actually a sponsor for one of the racers. That was my first time going. I did joke around and say, wait, you didn't get me NBA tickets? Like, we couldn't get floor seats for Miami Heat. And he's like, no, we're sponsoring a NASCAR. But it was funny because going out there, I had such a great time. Like, I really enjoyed the sport. I would do it happily again. And hint, hint, I, you know, if they come down to the Homestead Racing Track, I'm going to take my two ladies with me. Um, but I feel like, you know, I think it's something cool to try out and to see. But to definitely, I think it's positive to see how companies and, you know, big corporations are really moving forward to show equality for everybody. Mm-hmm. Agree. I agree. Well. I love the support and the positivity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I got one more for you guys. So American Airlines temporarily banned a passenger who refused to wear his mask on the plane. And he got kicked off the flight. Now, this incident has caused quite a bit of different conversations because some people are very supportive of saying, yes, please wear the mask. But there was another incident where another passenger, he was not even let on the plane. Those flight attendants stopped him and said, hi, we need you to put your mask on. And he says, no, I refuse to wear a mask. And they said, okay, well, unfortunately, you would not be able to fly on this carrier. Um, And he felt like his rights were being taken away from him. So ladies, tell me, what do you think about this? I think the decisions were fair. Mm -hmm. Me too. They specifically have instructions and directions for you to wear your mask. If you don't want to go or you don't want to utilize that airline, Try to find one that, you know, I don't think you will, that will allow you to get on without a mask. I don't feel like you you have to remember that it's not only about yourself, it's about other people as well. If you don't want to wear a mask for yourself, wear a mask for other people or even for like your family members as well. I definitely do think it's fair that they kick them off or they ask this person to put on a mask. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. I'm just happy they weren't combative or anything like that. No. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the good thing. He did, you know, 
he was asked several times to put it on, but then afterwards, you know, he wasn't combative. He got off the plane. Um, but it was interesting. The way that this was kind of uh, brought to light was there was a passenger who was recording it. And this, it's great because if you see the, the face, like the pastor has on his mask and he's like video videotaping from the back. But I'm like, I agree with you, ladies. I feel like, and like Natalie said something that was really great. It's not about ourselves. It's really about just, and I think this is sometimes that people forget it's about others. And, you know, thinking about it, like imagine being on this tight little plane and then um, knowing that someone sneezes or coughs and now they have nothing on their face. I would die. I would ask, probably ask to be removed voluntarily off the plane. So I do feel like, especially with the cases rising, I feel like, you know, I'm glad that some of these companies are really implementing these policies, even if it makes the guests feel unhappy or, you know, it means that they may lose a customer temporarily or so forth. Right. Yep. All right, ladies. So this is actually breaking news. And I wanted to just um, talk about it for um, a minute or two. So a Miami Gardens man just won $15 million from a lottery scratch off game. Okay. And this was the gold rush special edition scratch off game. And the man who won, he actually released his name. So his name is Lazaro Acosta. He's 64 years old. Uh -uh. And he opted to receive a one time lump sum payment of approximately $10 million. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and he purchased this ticket at a public store located at 11750 Southwest 104th Street in Miami. That Publix will also receive a $30,000 bonus commission for selling that winning scratch-off ticket. So, ladies... What would you guys do if you won $15 million? I'm still in shock. Me Lots too. Of, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's from a scratch-off. Yes. On a scratch-off ticket from a Publix. Scratch-off. I don't ever get the scratch-offs. And I, <laughs> I used to, like, when I first turned 18. Now I'm going back. I Me am too. definitely going to start purchasing them. Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a lot mm -hmm. of money. I know what I would do. <laughs> what would you what do? What would you do? I would pay off this house. Okay. I'd probably get myself a new car. Um, and what I would more than likely do is I would give <clears throat> Dean Chang, if you're listening, a contribution <laughs> to the Chaplain School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. Okay, um, for our students. So that is what I would do. Hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Huh, what would I do? Would you still work? I, I knew she was going to ask that question. <laughs> I was gonna ask, would you still be working? You know what? I love what I do. So what I would do is I would come to a happy compromise um, with the university and I would not... I would necessarily work, but I would be there to extend a helping hand in anything that they needed in terms of the industry. Mm -hmm. And um, with the funds that I would be giving to the school, I would try to do something that would help the students. So whether it would be a 
a payment for scholarships or a program that's going to help accelerate our students, that's probably what I would want to be involved in, in the sense of me giving those funds and me being involved with whatever project I would want to do uh, for the students with those funds. That's what I would do. Okay. Kathy? Mm -hmm. I can't get past it. <laughs> yes. I'm so mad. Like, I'm happy and I... I like, I don't know. First of all, I don't, I think that we've talked about this before. I know Lourdes and I, I don't want to go public because I, I don't want no one coming out of no, nowhere. Yeah. Be like, hey, no. I'm your cousin. I'm your cousin. <laughs> no, I, I, listen, I, I, I did my, my lineage. Okay. I know all my cousins, especially those who I've spoken to in the last month. Okay. I have a 30 day rule, but, um, wow. Like, I feel like, <laughs> a, I wouldn't let my kids ever know. Mm -mm, they can't know. They're going to be doing chores and mowing lawn for life. Okay. Um, but I feel like I would pay off my bills, definitely buy ourselves a nice home, nothing crazy, but something that we definitely could see, not like your typical starter home, like something that we can grow into. Um, will I work? I love what I do like Lourdes. I think that I would want to do some type of work. I don't know if it's consulting. I come in, I do workshops. I'll have my hours of career coaching with Kathy. Um, I will donate some money, but I would like to have a career center. So if no other companies, I'm just putting this out there, you know, or what they would, you know, donate. I would donate a fabulous, I want to do a career wing for, you know, the Chaplain School of Hospitality and Tourism Management program. And Tim Dean Chang, if you're hearing, listening. Yeah. Um, and definitely provide some scholarships, but I don't know. It's like such an amount of money that it's like, what would you do? Would you travel? That'd be great, but we have this COVID-19. But I feel like just, I think it must be, and I, I give props to that man. I hope he lives a long life and enjoys his money smartly and not mm -hmm. spend it on craziness. But I feel like what a what a, a relief to have, you know? But it's so much it's like, you know, people be like, I do this, I'll do that. I'm like, I'm still taken back. I'm mad. I don't buy scratch-offs. I can't get past that part. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. I, I think that's great. Nat, what would you do? I would definitely move out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Own my own home. I'll probably pay off my, um, my parents' home. I would want to travel. But not during this time. I will probably wait. Um, mm -hmm. I would donate to the chaplain school, but I, I really, when I was younger, I wanted to like start like a non-profit, you know, for women, for Aww. like domestic violence and stuff like that. And for I want to um, do one for children as well. Um, what else? I have to, let me see. I think I would just travel a lot. That is a lot of money. I'm not sure what I would do with the rest, but maybe just, you know, invest a little bit. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What else I would do? The thing about it is, you remember how, um, Kathy, you said that you don't want the guy to spend it on nothing crazy. But uh -huh. in my mind, he's a little older. So in my mind, I'm like, I want him to spend it on some things that are a little crazy. Yes. I so that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know right now, but I'm like, maybe I'll buy a yacht. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
I'm for you buying a yacht. What, you know, sometimes I feel like what happens is, especially for a, a lot of us, including myself, that never had that amount of money or wealth, we buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. But then you buy this big mansion, you forget this mansion comes along with bills, taxes and all of that. So I'm all for the spending crazy moderately. Like I feel like, yeah, you definitely, I'm going to buy that car that I've always wanted that can only fit me and one other person, right? <laughs> um, and I forgot, grandma, I got you and a couple of my lovely family members that I love. Because if, if they ever hear this podcast and I didn't say I got them, they would get me. But I, I agree. I want him to enjoy his life, um, but I want it to be also like, just don't blow it all at one time, you know? Um, and definitely my parents, like, you know, getting them whatever they want, just to make sure that for whatever time they're here on this earth, they live happily. But I get what you guys are saying. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm going to get some stuff now, okay? <laughs> I, I will add to collections of things that I appreciate, okay, mm-hmm. and love. But... I still want to know that I'm cushioned, but just like that check, just to receive that chunk is like, I, I'm still taking back. I'm taking back. Yeah. I won't tell y'all right away though. I'm going to let y'all know. Not right away. I got to hold it in for a second. <laughs> 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 I, I'm probably coming to work and you got to be like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing. Can't tell y'all yet. I, I got some Christmas gifts coming for you guys. Just hang tight. Okay. I got some early birthday gifts coming in. Um, but that's awesome. May he spend it well, and I hope he lives a good life. I hope he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. All right, ladies. Well, that concludes our Real World Talks Tea, and now we dive right into our trivia. Hoo-hoo. Okay, you guys. The topic for the trivia today is the human body. <laughs> oh, my God. The human body. Oh. When's the last time I studied that? What grade was that? Biology. I was a sophomore. Hmm, you know, okay. let's let's put it's it's fun little <laughs> questions, you know. Let's put your biology um knowledge to the test. Okay. Or does you go first? Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't worry. Okay, so this is a true or false question. All right. There are 206 bones in an adult human body. And 300 bones in an infant's body. Is this true or false? True? Correct. So some of the bones in the infant's skulls have not been fused together yet. So that's why they have more bones than an average adult human. Mm, Okay. Okay, so hmm. the average human has 67 different species of bacteria living in their belly button. True Ooh. or false? Ew. <laughs> no. What? Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> the average human has 67 different species of bacteria living mm. in their belly button. True or false? Is that true? Correct. It is very <laughs> true. <laughs> Oh, my God. Grab out the Q-tip and alcohol. Oh. So you're definitely, yes. A lot of people forget to clean their belly button. So our Ew. listeners, please clean your belly button. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Let me. Okay. True or false? The brain itself can feel pain. The brain can feel pain? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you have eight seconds. I don't. I don't think the brain can feel pain. No, I wasn't gonna say that. That's false. Correct. You're true. See, you got all three correct. So it's it's true. The brain cannot feel pain. Um, that's why a lot of times when people when you know doctors perform like brain surgery, some of them are usually awake. Mm-hmm. Oof. Okay, Kathy, you either tie or or you're gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I love how she put it. Like, you're gonna tie or lose. Okay. Well, let's get it going. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give you options. Thank you. Which is the strongest muscle in the human body? The tongue, A. The jaw, B. The tricep, C. Or the bicep, D. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my tongue, it can't lift, you know, I mean, just saying. And then jaw, what is it? I'm wait. I'm deciding. It's a lot. I gotta. <laughs> did you really? I didn't get the belly button one. I could have. Yes, it's nasty. If people don't clean it. You know, I wanted that question. Um, <laughs> you got eight seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this one here. Um, okay, so I got triceps, biceps, tongue, and jaw. Is that my options? Yes. Hold on. I gotta go. I'm looking at my body parts right now. Um. <laughs> Uh, five seconds. I don't know. Biceps? Eh, it's the jaw. The jaw. Really? Yes. I know. I, oh, I would have not thought of that. And I Me felt either. like it's going to be a silly one that I'm going to miss. But I was like, I know this tongue can't lift up weight like that. So. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the tongue. Hmm. I thought Me too. I think... like, me too. But it's definitely the jaw. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with losing for that. That's interesting. Okay. But let's keep going. So true or false, we lose 80% of our body heat from our heads. How about if I don't sweat that much in my head? I mean, (laughs) from our head? Yes, from our heads. Um, True? Correct. You're, okay. So a lot of the times, you know, we move our heads a lot. We speak, mm-hmm. we blink, we sweat. So 80% of our body heat is lost through our heads. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. okay. I, that was a wild guess, everybody. See, I'm educating you guys, the audience. Okay. Um, can I pause for a second and say, Natalie, what is your um what is your degree in your 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 background? What was your degree in, my love? <laughs> Chemistry. Okay, so this is right up her alley, y'all. Okay. She's enjoying this. <laughs> I am. I'm loving it. So this is your last question. Go for it. How long can the human body survive without food? Mm -hmm. That's part one. Part two, without water. Is it A, three weeks and three days? B, seven days and two days? C, two months and three days? Or D, two weeks and three days. Hmm. Um. Definitely not the months. I don't think. Uh. Without food and water. Um. I'm gonna go with the two weeks. What is it? Two weeks and what was the last one? Two weeks. Three and days. Let me go with two weeks and three days. 
You were close. It's three weeks and three days. Nobody <laughs> can't go three weeks without no food now. Okay? No, no. Three yes, they said that the body can survive because we have a lot of fat. They said that, you know, in an average human, the amount of fat that we have in our body can create like seven bars of soap. Wow. Oh you see? Uh-huh. Okay. So okay. I'm you can okay. definitely survive three three weeks without food and three days, whole days without water. Wow. My mm-hmm. tongue feels partial right now as we speak. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm okay with losing like that. I felt like I've gained a lesson, okay, in biology whenever in the world I took that. That was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, Lourdes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I knew that biology class would pay off one day. Yes. All right, ladies. Well, this concludes our Real World Talks podcast. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And we will see you all next week. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.